again, apologize for the audio quality of the episodes as we are not in our normal studio. We are making do with what we have. Hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome into a new episode. This is the Scarves Up Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Maymoudis. Just time for a quick recap of Everything Sounders. It is March 1st, 2022, and I'm going to bring in Dan Maymoudis in just a second here to discuss uh, everything that has gone on. Um, that includes the new training facility, Sounders CCL games, and our opening match of the 2022 MOS season. It's a good episode. I hope you enjoy it. But just want to remind you, you can support the show by following us on Instagram at Podcast, And you can get there by checking out our website, scarvesuppodcast.com. It's that easy. Take a look. Follow us on Instagram, please. And I'd like to give another announcement for my newest show, Football is Life. You can catch it live uh, with the TuneIn app or by going to WECB.com on any device that can access the Internet. Uh, You can listen uh, live on Fridays, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. So for all you Seattle Sounders fans, that's noon. Noon on Fridays. Tune in to Football is Life, show where I and two other MLS fans uh, discuss everything MLS and the world of soccer. It's a great show. We also play music. Tune in there. You can find the full episodes of Football is Life also on Spotify by searching Football is Life. You'll find it there. It's a lot of fun. But now it's time to get back into the Sounders specifically. So let's move into my discussion with Dave Maymoudis. Good to be here. And let's get right into all the Sounders news since we last talked. Let's start. It actually did uh, become official, the new training ground. What What are your thoughts now that we like know it's happening? And then obviously now there's talk of a rebrand. What? How are you feeling? Like, Yeah, I filled out the big survey about the rebrand. You know, it asked a lot of questions about, you know, sort of how do you like the name? How do you like the logo? Um, you know. Um, that that was know, a what, long survey. That was a long was survey. A long I survey. Was, so, uh, I was, it was definitely longer than I expected it to be. So I definitely like that they're putting a lot of thought into yeah, it. Yeah, you know, and and I guess a lot of questions, right? You know, what do you think of the Space Needle? You know, maybe the Space Needle means something different now than it does in 1974 as far as, you know, representing the future versus the past. I like the Space Needle in that I think it does sort of both represent Seattle's future and past. Um, and, you know, anyway, I mean, I think... You know, my guess is that the outcome of the survey will be um, the people who do fill out the entire long survey are pretty committed to the Sounders. So I don't think there'll be a whole bunch of people who want to refer the, you know, want to change their name to the Kickers or the Boeings or something. Um, 
you know, maybe whether you should add a, a plane flying by, by in the background of the of the crest or something, I think is more likely than that they'll change it entirely. Yeah, that's um, pretty much that's pretty much what I did when I filled it out. Is I, I don't want the name to change. Uh, the only thing that uh, I could deal with if the name were to change were if we just changed our name to just be Seattle Sounders instead of being Seattle Sounders FC. But besides that. Um, I would like it to to stay the same. And then also, I think our logo is the one of the best logos in the entire league. So that doesn't need to change. Um, the yeah. only thing that I think could add to our logo is if they did want to add like Mount Rainier in the background. Um, the rest of the stuff that they were suggest suggesting, um, I just didn't think would do much. Right. Uh, but like with some of the mockups that I've seen, I haven't hated that many of them like people are definitely doing a good job coming mock-ups up with... of of altered crests or altered... yeah of new crests yeah okay. i mean and as far as the you know the new training facility it looks great and you know obviously uh it seems like the um you know there are limits on how much you can spend on player salaries but there are a whole bunch of other things that the team can spend money on to make the team better make the player experience better so, you know, that seems like a good way to, you know, use the resources that we have here in Seattle um, and play along with the rules. So that all seems like a good thing. Um, I'm interested, you know, how the new place evolves, how it's used together with Starfire, you know, how, um, how the, you know, we continue to sort of use the multiple venues, you know, what games happen at CenturyLink um, or Lumen or whatever it's called next year. Yeah, it's gonna um, be it's it's gonna be interesting to see if um, uh, in the future if there are other tournaments that happen at their facility or if it is just for the teams that are related to um, the Sounders. So that's like the home the academy teams. Um, I could see it being more like that because. Four fields. Wow, it's nice. That's not a lot, and that's the Devony, not Starfire. So you can't host like a. So it'd be harder um, than at Starfire to host a big tournament there. Right, but uh, I, in a lot of ways, it makes sense yeah. that you 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 know you don't want to you know have the Sounders training on one field and then like you know have the state U12 championship happening on the next field. Um, that you have two separate parking lots for the players and for the parents of all of the of all of the teenage players. Yeah, and, and this is why the new training ground is great and it's good and it um, keeps the Sounders in that elite club level. Um, since I mean, this is where the world of soccer has progressed to. Obviously, it's not as fancy as uh, as a as a ground that a Premier League team like Manchester City might have. It's still pretty good. Um, right. I mean, but, uh, you know, the salaries are still a small yeah. fraction of that. So um, th so then the other question yeah. is, you know, what is the future for the Defiance and Ballard FC and the rain? You know, how do all of these teams fit together in the Northwest? How much do they use the same facilities? How much do they play in the same places? Um, how much do, you know, how much overlap is there between fans going to all of them? Um, yeah, I'm actually not sure where the rain take. um where they actually train, obviously, for their games, they're playing at Lumen Field now. But the Defiance is an interesting one because, um, uh, right, because there has been talks of building a soccer specific stadium somewhere south of Seattle. 
whether that's in Tacoma, whether that's closer to than Tacoma. And we don't. There, there was there more of a split between sort of the Founders Two concept versus the Tacoma Defiance concept? Like, is there a possibility those will be more two separate teams? You know, sort of Junior Sounders as one thing versus you know Tacoma as another thing. I mean, when they rebranded to be the Defiance, they were basically like trying to not be thought of as the Sounders' second team. But when we think about the players who play for the Defiance and how the Defiance have played, like the Defiance is still not, like they're not a top performer. And a lot of it because if they have a top performer, then the first team, the Sounders team is going to, to bring them up. Um, right. So I mean, it's I guess still like our second question. team. And then I'll, this, yeah. is, this is also the interesting thing with um, uh, MOS launching MOS next. So like next year, the Defiance will play in that, I believe. It's not a new team. They're, they're going to play against all the teams. And it will be like when the MOS had a reserve league um, uh, before um, – that's the MOS Next Pro is like the league that's now like for all the teams that have a second team. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think they've said where they're going to play or maybe they're, they're playing at Starfire. I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to find out right now in the plans. It didn't look like there was a stadium really. There's not really a place for them to have, fans so like like i don't even know this year like where are the sounders going to play their open cup games the open cup is it's it's pretty soon when we think about it and i have no idea if that's going to be at the defiance um stadium or if it's going to be at lumen i'd be surprised if it's at lumen based on how many people show up for ccl games like no one's going to show up for that um um, but I, I don't know. I mean, with the rain, it, it will also be interesting to see how many people go to those games. So I'm hoping that uh, that they do get a good crowd. Maybe the Sounders will play a game at Starfire in this Open Cup. Maybe they'll play at Memorial. We just don't know. Uh, any, any thoughts about, like, where, where do you think they're going to play? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a decision that they have to make about, you know, balancing sort of expenses with the fan experience versus – um where they think they can they can win um and you know also obviously the question as we'll get into discussing these games of you know how the sounders treat all of these tournaments happening at the same time you know people are asking the questions of um you know how much do you go in you know how do you prioritize winning the next mls game versus the open cup game versus the uh versus the champions league um so i think all of that you know, comes together. I think I'd like to see, you know, all of those games at Lumen Field with 25,000 people there rather than 5,000 somewhere else. Um, but it's also hard, you know, if you have a game that's going to be on a Tuesday night in the rain, um, you know, again, the Open Cup games will be in, in May and June. So hopefully we'll at least have better weather for it um, and longer days, which will make it more attractive as a fan experience wherever they are. Okay. Okay, it's time that we uh, move on um, to discussing the Sounders versus uh, Matugua. Uh, Matu, you you think after watching the games, I would be you know able to say say their name? Um, 
but uh, Sounders get a 5-0 win, and then obviously, then three days later, we open up the MLS Cup season uh, and fall to Nashville 1-0. So very similar to um, when we were in the Cup in 2018, when uh, our first game was against LAFC. They came in. Um, we had never played them before. Obviously, that was their first game. They win 1-0. Sounders um, were focusing on the CCL game um, after making it uh, to the quarterfinals, just like this time. So very, very similar situation. Um, and obviously, Nashville celebrated exactly like LAFC when they when they when they won, when they scored this goal. And it's like, and, and, uh, and for, for, for Sanders fans, I mean, like, yes, it's a loss, but it's also like, at the moment, it doesn't hurt that much. Like, well, like what are your thoughts on like how these, these last couple of days have been as a, as a Sanders fan? Um, like, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's, like we got the win of the tournament that no MOS team has ever won. That's definitely our, our focus. Right. So it, it, it hurt last year. It, yeah. You know, it hurt in the previous years to go out of this tournament. So it's great to stay in it. Um, you know, also, you know, obviously we wanted this to be the year where the Sounders, you know, won 34 games in, in MLS and yeah, you know, by an average, yeah. by an average margin of seven goals. And, you know, on the one hand, um, we were coming in with, um, you know, feeling like our whole team was available. Um, but the reality is that a bunch of people did miss pieces of preseason. You know, we had the late news that uh, Rui Diaz was out. Um, and, you know, the reality is that the team hasn't, you know, hasn't played together as as a unit in its new form. You know, Ruznak is still new to things. Morris has relatively little time with the whole team because he, you know, missed all of last season pretty much. So there are ways in which they um, are not, you know, fully ramped up as an offensive attacking force. And you could see that yesterday. Um, yeah, obviously, like, while we're focusing on CCL, like, we still, in when we started winning, um, when we started winning by three goals, we started taking people off. So, like, I felt like if we don't perform against Nashville, then like we just have our, our self play, our, our play to blame because like we shouldn't be tired. Like play, yes, players are playing a lot of games and it's the start of the season. So they're not in mid season form and fitness, but we also like, are, like we have a team that should be healthy enough. Right. I mean, I guess that's a different yes. question. You know, when you, when you, you know, I'm, I am, I, I know, I know in principle, I know that games are more intense than training, but yeah. you know, the fact that, you know, co compared to, you know, I don't know, they're obviously so much more fit than, than any, any normal human, you know, the yeah. idea that um, 90 more minutes of running for people who spend 20 hours a week running uh, is going to, is going to be impossible. Um you know, obviously it's a question of routines and preparation for games is complicated. Um, but I'd like to think that we can do both without having to rotate the squads a whole lot. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so uh, going back, so on the game on Thursday, we put five past 
Um, right. I mean, our they, team you from know, the, Honduras. The, the first half of the game, um, a little frustrating. You know, took us a long time to get that goal. Um, you know, I was I was sort of worried that Matagua would successfully sit back and and force it to go to penalties. Um, or, or get something late like that. Right, or get something late, obviously. But then, um, you know, once we got that first goal and they had to come forward and try to attack, you know, when it was one nothing, obviously, you're worried that it would be a one one loss. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great finish. Um, it was a it was a good play by uh, Ladero. Um, he's the first one to react. There's just it's through so many bodies. It's a great first right. goal. Right. So to get that goal and then, you know, Matagua had to come out and try to attack. Yeah. And then, you know, and then the fact of the Sounders being a better team, um, you know, did come out and then, then it became, you know, uh, a fun experience for the various attacking players show, you know, subbed in as, as more people could get their chances. Yeah. A lot um, of, a lot of the, the other goals were just like bad. We're just, it's just like sloppy defending. Um, it's just the, the class difference was showing first one. Rodon's just completely unmarked on a set piece. Second one. I don't know what happens with the three defenders, but they all three try and clear it. Somehow they all miss. Morris just happens to be behind them and finishes. Right. I mean, that, that looked like one of my games, you know, just with yeah. the two defenders getting in each other's way and somebody taking a swing and completely yeah, missing and, the ball. And, I mean, and he was on forward yeah. walking in. And it doesn't, we don't have to worry about all. And it wasn't like them playing it made Morris on, uh, on sides. He didn't like start in that offsides position. Right. He I mean, and obviously, you know, Morris, by being there, put pressure on them, but usually yeah. with professional defenders, that doesn't work quite as well as it does in my over 50 games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then, you know, looking at the Nashville game though, you know, I think the Sounders have had, have had trouble breaking down teams that do come out in this very defensive posture and, you know, Nashville with a well-organized defense, you know, Zimmerman, um, who, you know, I haven't really thought much about outside of the, um, you know, outside of the national game. team context, you know, because I guess, right, obviously we haven't, you know, seen Nashville before, so I haven't been very aware of him as an, as an MLS player. Um, He's but, so you good. Know, yeah, he, you know, a, he was good personally a, yeah. and did a good job organizing the defense. And then the question of, you know, where, what are the Sounders doing to, you know, to break down that defense? And I think that's where, you know, maybe the, maybe the answer is, you know, the combination of, um, you know, the combination of uh, Ladero, you know, running around from side to side, um, Rui Diaz finishing whatever chances come out there is what we need. And obviously we didn't have that, you know, Ladero is still working his way into fitness. Um, yeah. Morris didn't really get a lot of chances to, you know, to run behind and it was hard I'm, to tell. I, yeah. Morris is still coming off an long injury. So it's like, it, yeah. Like, right. uh, it's, I feel it's like hard while to tell how much of he, that is. He's definitely starting to look like himself. He's just, um, uh, and then also, yeah, he's not at full fitness. So he's not at full speed, Morris, yet. But then also, in, especially in the last game with Adidaron starting, um, he, Morris and Adidaron just did not have any chemistry. And that was just also hurting Morris's game. Like, Adidaron was his positioning. Um, wasn't very good in the Nashville game. I would say he kept drifting up wide when the, I, I felt like what he needed to do was just um, be a big body next to Zimmerman. I thought Zimmerman was great. Um, I think I, I, th I really, I really like Walker Zimmerman. I think he's 
Um, he's an underrated center back when it comes to the national team. Right, and this was a game be, where... And it's because he plays in MOS. Um, right. Um, it would have been... Then, yeah, when he went to... But I have to say, when he went to Nashville, he was... um When he went from LAFC to Nashville, that, like it got a, a, a lot of... Um, everyone was talking about it and, and MOS specifically, like they were like, why would LAFC do this? Like, why would they like... like um, and like um it's he's not gonna be the same at like a smaller market club. Um I feel like I, I respect Walker Zimmerman for like um the way he, he handled um that trade, which was which pretty much no one saw coming, I would say. Um and uh the way he's organized their team, um and he's like been the rock. Like Nashville did exactly what they did last year. Um like and they're I mean their coach is an MLS Cup winning coach. Right. So it'll be interesting to see his teams are built on on defense. And it'll be interesting to see how Nashville changes the Western, you know, with being in the Western Conference, you know, we'll obviously be more aware of them. Uh, They're Um, a top team. They're a top team in the Western Conference this year. I'm expecting big things for them. And it's funny like so does that mean the Eastern Conference is even weaker than it was before? Yes. Yes. And I think um, uh, that that showed um, in this opening weekend um, in, of week one in MOS. I think the West shows that it is, again, the stronger of the conference right now. And, but also, it's just interesting about Nashville and Miami. Miami still is getting is the one that's talked about. But they are the ones who are playing terrible soccer. Nashville has looked great. And they did exactly what what and the Sounders just were. I just felt they were not prepared for Nashville, um, which, which I don't understand. Since Nashville came in, did exactly what they did. They got a garbage goal right at the end when the Sounders switched off. The Sounders switched off. It wasn't a good. It wasn't a a good goal. Um, right, failed to clear the ball and then get outnumbered times. and and rolled on, get sucked in Nash- too far. And, Nashville and- Nashville should have scored before that. They gave the ball, we gave the ball away in our own half many times in the first half. He should have been losing after the first half. That was sloppy. And I don't know what that is about because that wasn't happening in CCL. So So I don't know what you, you know, what you take away from this game, other than that it would have been nice to have Rui Diaz there. It would have been nice to have the option to bring Bruin in to occupy Zimmerman so that Rui Diaz could go run somewhere else and score. Um. You know, yeah, and so know. the hope I, is that when yeah. we have Bruin back for for RSL, you know, and we'll continue to improve in other ways. Um, I don't know. Have we heard how long Roy Diaz is expected to be out? I haven't heard about Roy Diaz. It does seem like Bruin will be back for the next game, which seems good. Um, and it's a uh, hamstring in- injury for uh, D- Raul Roy Diaz. So while it could be short, it also could be like a month. Um, we'll keep our eyes out for that. Um, uh, I, I, I definitely see it's like weird because people are like, well, the Sounders, they, they have, um, they're like, they, their new players haven't meshed with their old players. Well, really, the only new player we have is Rusnak. Um, and, in, and while Rusnak hasn't scored yet and he hasn't done um, that much, like, the team, like, I feel like in the CCL games, we did match already. So, like, I don't want to hear this excuse. The Sounders play 
the Sounders just played bad against Nashville. Um, we just played into their hands. We should have gone at them more. Um, the only person who was going at them was New Who and Neo Chu. When Neo Chu came in, he was electrifying. He was trying to pump up the crowd. And I think Neo Chu deserves to start based on what he did in the last game because we need, because when the Sounders play with emotion and when they are excited to play, when they're, when they are trying to prove something, which I think is what Leo Chu was trying to do, then we are unstoppable. And Leo Chu, um, he definitely reinvigorated how we were feeling. So he, he I mean, I can, I can see that, but I, you know, I also think, you know, Vargas will continue to get better. Ruznak will continue to learn the rest of the team better and, and, you know, has a lot of upside that we haven't seen quite yet. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you that we need more of that Leo Chu attitude. You know, is it, um, is it that that needs to come out in training camp and then we need to see Ruznak, you know, waving his arms at the crowd and, and taking those shots rather than being knocked off the ball by Vargas. Um, Anyway, I'm, you know, I'm, I obviously, you know, one game, 33 more to go, um, you know, lots more for the Sounders to do. And, yeah, unfor- you know. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, with this loss, it means that the Sounders can no longer get into triple digits um, in the standings. We can only get to 99. Um, so that's unfortunate. I really thought this was the year that we were going to do that. Um, uh, quick, uh, quickly moving on. Um, we wanted to talk about this game um, uh, with that with the little time we had available. Um, Sounders going to RSO next homecoming for um, Albert Rusnak. What's your score prediction for that game? Um, RSO um, uh, in in week one, um, not doing anything super flashy. Uh, what, what's your score prediction for that? Um, I'm going to go for uh, two nothing Sounders. Um, you know, who's, who's going to we'll, score? Um, let's say. Um, yeah, they they uh, are so tied with the Dynamo. Bruin and the Darrow. Um, yeah, uh, seems like a good bet. I'm going to say one zero Sounders. Sounders usually struggle when we play in. Utah, hopefully having Rusnak will change that. Um, I'm going to say Rusnak is going to be the only one to score, 1-0. Okay. Um, uh, final, uh, um, uh, final thoughts, um, as other stuff going on. Um, after this, we get a rematch against, um, against uh, Leon. Um, we're playing. Uh, how are you feeling about, about that matchup? We're not going to do a score prediction for that, but it's, it's a rematch. Right, obviously a tough team. The Sounders so have the on, first leg at home. So that game's on Tuesday. We're starting this game on the road. Do you think there's any players who we won't see against RSL because they will play? Like, um, there's a chance, if you ask me, that I don't think Ladero and, J- and Jao Paolo, depending on how fit they are, they might not play against RSL. Right, does seem possible that, uh, that Schmetzer will... Uh, we'll hold them back. Um, and, you know, and I guess, right, you know, that could also be a, a question about um, being cautious with, with Rui Diaz coming back, depending on how he's ready. 
Yeah, we'll have to see um, what happens with Leon. First leg is in Seattle. Second leg um, in Mexico. Um, and obviously, we, with the yeah. with the away away goals rule, you know, have to be especially careful not to, you know, to be strong at the defense and whatever you know goals you can get on your home turf as a bonus. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get get for it. I think. Um, yeah, and we if we uh, our defense. And like, wow, we gave up a goal. It's still a solid defense. We should be able to, if we do what we did against Nashville, um, for the most part, and really limit those mistakes, I think we'll be fine. Um, we just can't give the ball away in our own half as much as we did because Leon um, um, will... Will punish those us. mistakes we'll, if we make them. And, and, um, and I mean, the, the only thing... Well, one thing that's a little that's a little good about that is like uh, they also have a midweek they have a, a game on the weekend um against i think they're playing santos laguna so they're playing a good team um okay and i don't know what MX. their what their depth is is like but they're also they have not started um this uh this like um half season of league mx they have not started well they're in like sixth place six um uh, so they're not doing as well as they did last year to get in the CCL. So hopefully their um, bad form continues um, quickly um, before we wrap this up. Um, I want to just ask you, what are you, do you have any thoughts on, on the situation with Russia getting banned um, uh, I was, from I was glad to see, right you know, FIFA going to an outright, you know, kicking them out of the world cup final rather than uh, it took some time but rather it, but than it happened. the half measures that happened with the olympics you know so yeah. you know um yeah i mean, I mean obviously FIFA, uh, fifa is a corrupt organization and a bad organization so when fifa gets something like this right it's like right we should like, applaud them for, for doing it and for taking a stand um like it's, you know it's anyway the world is a complicated place um, you, you know, yeah. you know, you know yeah. how hard it is to arrange a, you know, a six-team soccer league. You know, uh, doing these things at worldwide scale, you know, is very hard. World, world peace is hard to create. Um, we'll hope that the soccer world can, you know, be part of uh, making the world a positive, better place. And, you know, I guess inherently the World Cup is going to be a little bit about nationalism. Uh, yeah. You know. But um, anyway, glad to see glad to see somebody taking uh, a good stand against aggression there. Well, if you want to hear more about um, what's going on with Russia, um, uh, you can turn in we turn into Football's Life, my other uh, podcast or radio show. Um, it is on WCB um, 3 p.m. on Fridays. Um, and you can also find Football is Life on Spotify now. Um, we will be talking more about the situation in Russia and um, week one of MOS. Um, lots of uh, drama with the MOS power rankings that uh, uh, I will be getting into uh, with um, uh, my other co-hosts of Football is Life. So remember to check out Football is Life uh, for more. Uh, that does it for this episode of Scarves Up. Um, thank you for tuning in to this quick episode. Um, 
and uh, we will catch you next time. But until then, make sure to keep your scarves up. <laughs>